Hello and welcome to Just a Tumor of Us podcast, the podcast about living with and without cancer and navigating everyday life from two very different perspectives. I'm Ed, a student journalist. I'm Linda, mother of five with a full-time job and stage four bowel cancer. Now. Got that right this time. You did, you got, I still haven't there. got the loop right. I In my head, I was going to say it a different way, but it just didn't come out that way. Um, so look, we're, we're doing well with this, we are. Episode five. Yeah, I know. It's, it's mad. It's going well. Um, and we have a bit to talk about today. Yeah. The first thing I'd like to talk about is Ed's lack of responding to my messages. He's fucking shite. So, so Linda's big thing with this, right, is I, I, I just, I'm so bad with it. I just read our messages and don't respond. But genuinely, I am busy. I don't ignore you on purpose. I genuinely am busy. But a thumbs up or an exclamation or a question or something would, like, <laughs> suffice. I can't, like, I don't mind that you don't, that you weren't, because I've been really busy this, massively busy this week. Like, I'm very tired now. And that's okay, but just send me a thumbs up and then at least I know he's busy. Whereas when you're just like, you do this like five to seven days, five to seven working days before you respond, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, but don't, like I do that with everyone. That's a standard thing Oh no, I know, I've been told me. in so the past. So don't worry. I know it's not don't just Don't worry me. that it's not just But you. like when I'm texting you and saying, Ed, what day are we going to do with, do the podcast? Because I have to put it in my diary too. You're not the only one with a diary. I have a job. I have a family. I have chemo, you know. So just send me a fucking you're one great, of them. You're great at making it about yourself, aren't No, what you? are these <laughs> things where, you know what that emoji where the woman puts her hands out as if to say, I don't know, just send me one of them. Send me anything. Even yeah. fingers up. And it, it is hard, to be fair, to find a day yeah. for that suits both of us because obviously you have your set days that you work Yeah. most of the time, whereas mine is shift work, yeah. so it's all based yeah. on rolling. And even this week I worked four days, so it was, I was busy or, you know, um... And that's life, isn't it, really? I just get... You're not the only... I just don't like people ignoring my messages or pretending they haven't seen them when they have. No, there's no red tick. There's no blue tick to say that you've seen it, but I know you've seen it. That irritates me. Do you so not get the blue ticks when I read them? No. Like, one, like, there was one or two there for a day or two that you hadn't opened, and I was like, what is going on with this guy? But look, other people do it sometimes, and it just irritates me. Just... Send me a thumbs up and I'll get up. And I'll know you've read it and you're going to come back to me. But ignoring me, I just don't know where I stand. Do you know what I'll do? I'm going to see if I can set up an automatic response. So every time you text me, it'll just be a thumbs up that you get. That'll be it. One of those tick words, you know. Um, I just get real, take it real personal. I'm like, why? Can you not? Like, yeah. And that's Look, something that you need to work on, though, because it's nothing personal whatsoever. I just... No, I know. And I was massively busy this week, Eddie. I'm not even lying. Like, I feel like from last Thursday to today, like, I'm waiting to go back in for chemo now in about two hours. It has been really busy, but I'm quite respectful towards... I'd never ignore somebody. And if I didn't respond then, I'd respond later on. Like, there's one or two people that I haven't checked in with this week. I have don't have to check in with them. But in my head, I have to. And I'll do that this evening when I know that my week is done. Mm. You know? We're all different. Like. Anyway, stupid rant. I'm over. Yeah. Let's move on. She's over until after the podcast. <laughs> she calls me out again. Um, yes, Grant. So how was your week actually talking about? Yeah. Um, I went to the ARC Cancer Support um, Fashion Show. Myself and Amma went last Thursday. Oh, it was lovely, like we had a great night, we got to all do up, we 
she cried at one point I cried at another point it was just really a lovely event like and so well worth whatever the tickets were we obviously I got tickets for free that I'd won um but we said that we're going to make kind of a yearly thing of it because it's so worth putting your money into it um really really enjoyed it and then I was off on Friday but we ended up going into town on Friday for I needed to get something I needed to get a half of the walk on Saturday so Friday ended up busy we were going to go to town actually sorry and we ended up in the square but we were going out for hours then and we'd no car so we had to get the Lewis so by Friday night I was going I'm actually not going to be able to just walk like I'm so exhausted and that was only two days and then we did the walk on Saturday that was hard you were there like you know mm. it was it was fine I, I, in the middle was fine but the start and the end of it was really difficult for me like going up the uphill like I cried a few times because I felt like I couldn't push my body to the way I could have pushed it before and what I couldn't understand was how there was three smokers there who got to the top and the bottom well before me and I don't smoke and I was getting angry at that but it turns out that I wasn't not getting there quicker because I'm a non-smoker I generally forget I have cancer and that's what it is like and I think I pushed my body to an inch of its life at stages like and then I um we got to the top which was a lovely moment but it was really windy and my plan was to light some candles and that didn't happen because it was too windy and then my foot got caught in marsh and I lost a shoe <laughs> and that was like oh, that was brilliant that was like and there was Carl like smacking all the muck off the shoe and then it was all over his face and all over his top I just couldn't stop laughing so uh yeah that was good and then I was really busy Monday I ended up working late Tuesday I kind of worked a little bit over on Wednesday and then I just did a half day yesterday and I was like so tired I got home at about three o'clock yesterday I was just wrecked so I've been down to the hospital this morning um seen my oncologist I, I got there at 20 to 9 saw my oncologist at 20 past 11 and I have to go back at 5 o'clock for chemo so that's kind of my week in a nutshell um, yeah how about you how was yours yeah, yeah mine was good I, do you know what I found I, like you're saying there about work so when I was in college I was working 3 days a week mm. and that was standard now that I'm kind of done all my classes and stuff I've gone to 5 and I'm doing a full work week and I forgot how hard a full work yeah. week is like and this is coming from someone that doesn't have cancer so i can just imagine how someone oh. that's like exhausted to all the time mm. like and i just find like i am like i'm so like tired all the time and i just want to all i want to do is sleep like i don't even have time for anything like my friends are asking me to go for coffee or go for food or something and i'm just like yeah i just don't i, I just that. don't have the energy like and it's not even that I just find as well that I don't want to socialise with people, which is terrible to say because people are actually inviting me to socialise. But, but you're I'm just, just like, too tired to talk to people. I find sometimes, like, I haven't been on Instagram that much this week because I'm too tired. So I haven't bothered, like, once or twice I've went on and done a few quick stories, but nothing major. Because obviously I had a bit of a health worry as well this week. But you finished what you were saying anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, you're grand. Uh, I was, yeah, like, I just find that I'm just tired all the time. And, like, I've been 
I've just always had something to do every day. There's mm. been something like even on my days off, my days off aren't my days off because I'm doing college work or like on Saturday I was off, but also I've done the walk now and the walk was brilliant. I yeah, really it enjoyed it. It was really good. Um, it was actually nice to see part, like my big thing was it was nice to see parts of Ireland because when you live in Dublin, you don't see so outside Dublin, Dublin. Like you don't bother to go outside Dublin, which is a shame because yeah. Dublin's a uh, Dublin, sorry, Ireland. Like is I'd a love to place. get in the car today and take off until Monday, but I'm on chemo till Sunday, so I can't. Like, because mm. I'd be afraid to be too far away from the hospital, and I'm kind of raging because I really would love to just take the kids off for the weekend. Don't ask me how I pay for it, but I w- I just have this urge to just go, mm. and I think that walk up the mountain climb actually. And just before you continue, can I just say the pain I felt in my bum and my legs the next day, I felt like I'd been at a BDSM party. I was in agony. I couldn't walk up the stairs. My arse was killing me. I felt like someone had been whacking me with a pole or something. It was that, it was that painful. Which is strange because I was fine. Like I, no, had I, know, no, I had no pain whatsoever. Oh, um, I did. And Jesus. I would have thought that my legs or something would have been sore, but no, mm. I was grand the next day. Um... Your Which brother is, pointed out though that I am only three months post a massive surgery and I didn't even take that into consideration doing the walk. So I needed to be a little bit more gentle with myself and I wasn't. So I was getting angry at myself because I wasn't, because I was getting upset like and then there was times where I didn't want to go on and I did. And I should have been a little bit more respectful of the fact that my body has been through such a massive trauma hmm. and be, take it, like, be, be kind to yourself. Did you not see in the news though? No. The um, there was a flood on that mountain. Was there? Yeah, from all the times you <laughs> cried. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be fucking surprised. And like it was so random because the tears would just come. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be walking up a bit and then I'd start to feel it. I tell you, the one place where I really felt it, the walk up like was on my lungs. I really felt it on my lungs, and then I'd get start to get upset, and the tears be coming down my eyes, and then. But I'd just continue walking as I cried. I think I used about, I definitely should have shares in fucking Tyler Roll, I'm telling you. Mm. <laughs> I'm domestic, but Tyler Roll last week, I should have had shares in their company. So he used that much of it, like. Yeah, and do you know what else I found as well? It was so strange to me that, like, you have to use nature when you're out there. You can't, like, there's no, no. there's no toilets, there's no nothing, so you yeah. have to. And then you and your brother also teaching me about what was biodegradable and what wasn't. Like, so I could throw banana skin on the ground because it's biodegradable. And you could throw something else on the ground. I can't remember what it was. Oh, the wipes that I brought, they were biodegradable. But you can't leave a cup there because it's not biodegradable. And I was like, this is a lot of fucking work just to climb a mountain. Just let's, you know, but anyway... So you learn so every day's a school day. Yeah, and to be fair, it was like I really enjoyed it. The weather was lovely. I oh, thought the weather was so yeah. nice. Um, and I found any time that I felt it really challenging, the clothes would come off. And then once I was comfortable and I was, because there was a good bit of that walk where I was like, I know I'm grand, but then at, uh, the first twenty minutes and the last fifteen, I'd say were, or maybe the first fifteen and the last twenty, but were torture, <laughs> absolute torture for me anyway. Um, and so going back to the fashion show, any anything interesting oh, happened? Anything? So Jason Bourne was there. Obviously, he's an ambassador for the arc. He's a comedian. What a guy! Like what a gentleman. I don't give a shite what anyone says about that man. He makes time for people, and like we got a photo together. And we had a little chat, and then me and Emma were taking selfies. I didn't know he was sitting behind us. 
and there he was in the back of our photos when we looked at them we were like so we had a chat i had a chat with him and he's a lovely lovely man i have a lot of respect for him like i really have and then i bullied ammo like i really bullied her she'll tell you this like the girl was shaking taking the photograph to go and because i was like this is my childhood dream and my adulthood dream you need to get over there and ask nikki Bourne for a photo <laughs> so i made her like initially like the funny thing was initially he was talking to a, a woman when we went in he was talking to an elderly woman and someone else was there and his wife was there and i'm always like i'm not interrupting the conversation when they are finished doing what they're doing i'll ask him then but then we had to move on a little bit like ed i'm not even lying the psycho that i am i actually walked by him but made sure i touched off him <laughs> Oh my God. I touched off him. I was thinking, you're fucking off your head. So then on the interval, he was sitting in the seat and a girl we know from Crumlin, Lorraine, was there. She was sitting about three seats behind him and I was just like, I went over and I was chatting to her and her. I was to have ask him and happily have a photo with me. Like, yeah. I was like a child. I was really like, I, I, I think like I was starstruck. Like it was silly in a way. Like, um, But it made me lie. So yeah, I was... Uh, I was in the element that I'm telling you now. Um, and you did say to me that the fashion show, they had women that oh, yeah. had cancer or that have cancer. Yes, they're called Archangels. So I think they're in recovery from cancer, if my mind is telling me right. I'm sure that the, the women who... So there was lots of models there from different model agencies or mod, modeling different, um, different fashion designers clothes. And there was lots of really, really young models. And then there was these four ladies who have all had cancer. Um, and I think finished treatment, um, but don't quote me on that. And they did a fashion walk as well, which was like, that really got people, you know, I suppose. Was it, I think it was, that's kind of when Anne-Marie was crying, like, because it was, it was so lovely to see. Like, that's a really nice thing. Um, I'm fair play to them, like, because you're walking up and down that runway and, like, you walk up and then you walk up back halfway and then you stop and then you walk back up again and I'm like, oh, I'd fall over, <laughs> land on my face. So, yeah, that was a look. That was a really nice part of it. Um, and it's run so well, like, really, really well. So I'd say a lot of work goes into that. Do you know who the presenter was of the fashion show? Well, did they have a presenter? Not really, no. No, they had someone come on at the start and talk. And then someone who worked for them had died recently, so there was a tribute to that lady. And then some man did all the the talking from a boot at the, at the front, but whatever that's called. Um, oh, okay. I don't know who he, I can't remember what his name was. But like that kind of made me think then, you know, when I was doing the walk on Saturday, it made me more determined for two reasons. One, because it was for Ark, and I'd seen the work that they'd done on Friday, Thursday evening, and I was like, I suppose I was still overwhelmed by that piece. So I was happy I did the walk for them. But then what pushed me, I suppose, to get finish that walk up and back, because you think you're all right, you're just going to walk up a mountain. You have to get back down with it as well. Um, it was all the people who donated. So like I was doing it for me, but then all these people donated because they believed in me. So I had to push myself for them. Or if I was doing that for the crack with the family, I'd have gave up 20 minutes in. I'd have been like, see, is it the car? Oh, here, please. Like yeah. have a picnic by yourself. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that was um, that was that. I just feel really overwhelmed. I feel like the week was just crazy. So spilled over from the mountain walk to resting on Sunday, but then been in work on Monday all day and coming home with swollen legs because I'd been sitting at the desk and just a lot of that. And then we got a car on Tuesday, 
had to buy a little run around because we couldn't, I couldn't cope with a car anymore. So then Carl was able to come and collect me from work and that took the stress off um, as well. So I just felt, I feel the last week has been really busy. And like, as you said yourself, like you're, you're back on a five day week and it's really tough. I feel, I've done three and a half days this week, but I genuinely feel like I've done five full days. That's yeah. how tired I am. And now I have to go back to hospital at fucking five o'clock, like, you know. For your chemo. Mm. You're not for chemo. And this is your second last chemo. It's my fifth, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've got one after this. And, and the 13th of May. I think the 13th of May is a Friday. Today's yeah. the 29th. I have it now on in Yeah, the 10th of May is a Tuesday, so yeah, the 13th yeah. would be the Friday. So just want to talk a little bit about that. So look, we all know that resources in any health sector or private sector is an absolute farce, right? And the resources ripple down to what kind of service we get. So <clears throat> the nurses in the hospital do an amazing job. They really, second to none, like they should be paid 50 grand more than they're getting paid. Like you couldn't put a price on the work they do, right? So anyway, um, uh, two things. Um, I went in there this morning. I got my blood yesterday at 10 past nine and I went to work. And then this morning I got there at 20 to 9. Now the plan was to get there for 8 o'clock, but Mason was quite poorly yesterday and through the night, so we slept it out. So I got there at 20 to 9. My oncologist called me at... A, a oncologist called me at 20 past 11. And I went out and I said to the nurse, um, you know, will my chemo be ready? Because the doctors just said there she can see some of it's ready. And she said, your chemo will be ready at half past 2, but it's getting you into a chair. So can you come back at 5 o'clock? Like, I'm, I can't wait to get these last two chemo. I'm fucking done. Like, I can't wait. And if they ask me to do more chemo, I'm going to tell them no. I'm going to say, unless you put a plan in place that I'm out of your hospital by one o'clock. Like, no, it's, it's, it's just... We were talking about it in the hospital this morning, me and a couple of other people, right? Like, we are already dealing with a trauma in our life, right? That we've got cancer. And then we're left sitting all day long waiting for one hour treatment. One hour treatment to start your... 46 hour treatment at home you know whereas if i could go in there on a friday because i get my bloods on a thursday so they can see it after an hour on thursday that my bloods are good so she's going to be having chemo tomorrow like so get my stuff ready don't leave me in so like i'll go down there at five o'clock and i guarantee you and the clinic wasn't busy today must because it's bank holiday and some people are only in once every three weeks right it really wasn't busy today but i guess still guarantee you when i get there at five they will um they will still have me sitting there at half five waiting to go in. Now as I said to you, a miracle could happen and they could ring me at half two and go, Can you come now? We're ready for you. <clears throat> it's doubtful, but it's possible it could happen, you know. Um second thing I wanted to say as well, and I kind of didn't mention this on my Instagram, I found a lump in my tummy last Saturday, Friday night going into Saturday morning, which meant the night of the walk, the day of the walk, I'd slept three hours, so I didn't go to sleep at four AM. I had myself dead and buried. But the lump is like a pea-sized lump and it's right beside the scar of where I had my liver resection, which is quite a big scar, you've seen it. like. Mm. And I was a bit worried, but then this week and work has distracted me, which is great because I haven't had the opportunity to kind of sit there and dwell over it. But I rang my oncology nurse on Monday and I, I told her, I told her what it felt like. Like I've often heard people saying a pea-sized lump, but I never really understood it. This is a pea-sized lump. So I rang her and she rang me back and said the oncologist weren't too worried once my bowel was moving, which it was, 
and that they would see me on Friday and look, I'm due to have a CT scan in two to three weeks, but if needs be, they can bring it forward. So I went in this morning and it was written, I've seen it written on the front of my file on a piece of paper. So obviously it was taken note that that, that was had, had happened. So the oncologist had a good feel of it and she said it felt like it was benign. Now look, she's the professional on not, you know, not in this, this thing anyway. So she said what they do is in two weeks time, she'll, they'll check it again to see is are there any growth in it? Because like she said, it was, it's quite small, but you can fucking feel it. Like when I'm standing up, I can feel it as well. Um, but because it's right near to my scar, it's very hard to tell if it's scar tissue or if it's something else. Because again, your body's been through a massive trauma. Uh, so I'm kind of reassured that it is nothing. But until we get the CT scan, she said what they'll do is they'll add that piece of my but because usually, where do I usually have the CT scan? Pelvis, thorax and something else. But I reckon they'll do the whole front because they'll want to see where this lump is. So that's kind of reassured me. I'll just keep an eye on it to make sure there's not many changes in it. And she said that tumours don't grow nicely, if that makes sense. Yeah, they're, they're, ab they're abnormal. abnormal. Where this just feels like a little nodule that it moves. Yeah, do you so know it what could I mean? just be part of your yeah. scar tissue. And she said, like, if it, I, I think it's benign. So she's been feeling lumps and bumps and whatever for so long. So that's kind of reassured me as well. Because that kind of set my mind into, like, if this is another tumour, then the bowel surgery is not going to happen. And after putting myself through a liver surgery, it's disaster, like. Mm. But, but we're back to catastrophizing. Like as we I talked about before, last yeah, week. Which we did, yeah. So, look, that's good news in itself. She said, the one thing she did say, and I've told you this twice already, and you're going to tell me now, I've told you three times. She said my bloods were amazing. They probably were the best blood she'd seen today, which meant that, like, chemo was definitely going to go ahead. Yeah. So, like, I'm in good health, and I'm in good spirits, and but I am very, very tired. And I need to watch that because if I keep putting all my energy into those couple of days of work, yeah. when you're dealing with something that's quite intense, you don't really have any energy left for anything else, you know? Yeah, so then you, what you need to do is you need to do your three days, but you need to leave them Yeah. In and the when office. I'm there, I need to remember that I can only do what I can do. And the problem with, with it is, is you're working from home as well, which mm. doesn't help because there's no separation. You've no office here or yeah. anything, so you don't. Well, I walked in the office Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. I was only here on Wednesday. Now, next week I'll work. I said I'll work Wednesday at home because I only finish chemo on Sunday. I need a couple of days, like, so I'll work from home Wednesday and go into the office Thursday and Friday if I need to, mm. you know. Um, but I am doing a bit of like working from home and working in the office uh, to be fair to my body more than anything else like I prefer the office but then you know like if you've ever been an office worker some days we can get caught up in too much chat you don't get enough done then, yeah you know? you're having too many cups of tea yeah. or... that's me like I'm a waffler like I talk the hind legs off a donkey I'd say they'd be like and then there was one two three there was six of us on my team and I came back to work like on the 30th of March and three people have left are leaving like one's left and then two put the notice in I'm like eh, do I smell but other opportunities have just come along for them and I'm like fucking should I come shouldn't I come back for a few months there and let things settle down so then they'll just rehire for your team will they well it takes a while to rehire and then like I'm not going to say too much about my job because this is not this is not my platform for work like but you, you know the intensity of my work and if three people leave then you're going to be lumbered with stuff that 
becomes overwhelmed not lumbered but you are going to be doing a lot more than you should be because stuff has to be dealt with yeah um and i don't want to start finding myself in a situation where i'm getting stressed and i'm coming unwell yeah but also you need to make sure that if that does happen you're gonna say yeah, yeah you're gonna yeah. voice your concerns. no i will i will I will. Because the last thing you need to do is run yourself into the ground. And like even that's work. why I was only meant to work a half day Wednesday and a half day Thursday because I, there was something I wanted to attend on Thursday. So I said to my boss, can I just work a half day Wednesday and then a half day Thursday so I can attend that meeting? And she was happy for me to do that. But then I got so caught up in what I was doing because the whole week was consumed with the one thing nearly that I said to her on Tuesday evening at six o'clock when I was finishing, which is late. I said to her, I'm going to walk a whole day tomorrow. And she was like, oh, Linda, just do what your body will let you do. Like, don't. And I did walk a whole day Wednesday. So that was on me. That wasn't on anyone else. And that's where I need to be learning to be saying no. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like, No to me, like, stop, Linda, you, just don't. And I think everyone else knows your limits, but I feel like sometimes you don't I know don't, your limits. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that you need to work on. I, I actually have a question. Have you, did you see your psychologist today? Because you normally see a psychologist. I have seen my psychologist. So what happened was the week I was in hospital, obviously I didn't see her because I was in hospital. Do you remember that week? Yeah. That was about three weeks ago and I haven't seen her since. So I rang on the Monday and they said, let us know when you have your bloods. Because they wanted me to come in a quarter past eight, but my bloods weren't booked. So I didn't know what time they were at. And I rang and left a voicemail to say I would come in at quarter past eight, but could she ring me back and let me know she got the voicemail and I never heard from anyone and I haven't heard from anyone since. And I haven't picked up the phone and I keep saying to myself, you need to pick up the phone and, and get back into psychology. But I, this week, like I've just been so caught up with working and family and chemotherapy and... So yeah. today then would it not make sense while you're waiting for your chemo to pick up the phone and actually schedule that? Because again, this is something that you need to do for you and it's important for you but what i need to do as well is wait until i go and get my chemo so the nurses will go okay i've booked you in for such a time because yeah. what, I, what i mean by that is I, if i'm going down on a Thursday morning at 10 past nine i want to fit my psychology around that and i have to go back and forward and back and forth do you know what i mean yeah and um, i'm putting i'm putting obstacles in the way eddie because i could still ring them like there's no issue with that i don't know why i haven't like and I wouldn't mind the week that I didn't have it. I had a really tough week. That was the week where, do you remember I spoke about how tough it was mentally yeah. for me? So I haven't seen anyone for a few weeks. But I reckon, um, as I said, like I'm going to be finishing my chemo on the 15th of May. Thank fucking God. Um, they told me I'd do 12 sessions. So I think that's all. Now someone else said to me today, like, you could do 25 sessions. I'm like, no, they said 12. So 12 it is. So then once I do that, there'll, there'll be scans and then a plan for what happens next. And then I think that's when I'll be needing my psychology really desperately because surgeries and stuff will be discussed, you know. Sorry. So yeah, I don't really know what, um, what the outcome of that is going to be. But look, I'm hopeful. And to be honest, I was in the hospital this morning. I have a lot to be grateful for. Mm. Like people keep saying to me, you're some woman for one woman. Do you know what? After doing that mountain walk last week and your brother pointing out to me, because I forgot, to be honest, that I just had surgery, which was probably a stupid thing to do was that mountain climb so soon. But anyway, I know that I'm a strong person and I know I'm a bit of a legend or whatever. Like, I don't go around gloating going, oh, I'm fucking amazing. But I know I'm a... I'm, 
What's the word I'm looking for, Ed? I don't even know what the word is. But I know, like, I am some woman for one woman, right? Yeah. But I still have to push along. I'm not going to let cancer defeat me in any way. So I'll still continue to do what I'm doing. And people are looking at me going, she making up lies? Like, is she even sick? I would imagine people think she's a bullshitter. One of the things that I found, it was really funny actually on the walk was every time you pass a lot of people and people down the country, so in Dublin, people just don't say hello to you. They don't do it. It's yeah. not a thing. Whereas when you go down the country, every Tom, Dick and Harry says yeah. hello to you. It's just a thing down the country. It's really lovely. Um, but one of the things that I found really funny was every time Linda would pass someone on the mountain, she'd be like, geez, you wouldn't want to have cancer, would you? And they're looking at you like you've 10 heads because you don't look like someone that has yeah, cancer. Yeah, yeah. And they laughing. That's out of context. They don't know. And when means. we were laughing about that, and then Charlie, on the other hand, like when we were walking back down the mountain, right? Where I found that, like, I just found the whole thing really tough, right? But when we were walking back down the mountain, anyone that was going up, I was going, well done. And Charlie was like, man, they've probably walked this mountain about 10 times. Why are you saying well done? And I was like, because I wanted to, you know? But also, it's still an achievement. Yeah. Like, a big thing for me is and that. And I remember you, that woman came up behind us and was like, are you Linda? And I said, yeah. And she was like, I found your bank card on the fucking mountain. Like, yeah, because you, know you had mean? lost it. I'd lost it. I don't know. I won't say where I'd lost it, but I'd lost it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but a big thing for me with that is, like, you're saying that you're you're quite, like, resilient in a sense. Oh, yeah, like, resilient is the word yeah. that I would use. Yeah. But, like, I'm just a normal person down that walk and like all, at parts I found it tough so I can just imagine how you found mm-hmm. that and for you to do something like that no one else has an excuse like we can all do what we want to do mm-hmm. we just need to put our minds to it and actually there was times I wanted to sit down on the ground but I just bought a brand new pair of leggings and I didn't want to get them dirty or ruined so I wouldn't sit down so I was like when Jay was like sit up on them them, them what you call them trunks or the tree oh, the trunks logs, the yeah. logs and I'll take a picture I was like this you know, or when we sat down to have a bit to eat, it was just nice to sit down. Like, but that was lovely when we sat down to have some food. That was really nice. But like, it, a big thing for me is we can all do what we want to do. We just need to stop putting obstacles in the way of yeah. these things and just go and do it. And if it doesn't work out, well, then so be it. Yeah. Move on to the next thing because not everything in life is good one hundred percent of the time. And I think that's a big thing because we all assume my life's really bad now but yeah we all have bad with ups and downs like life is oh, just yeah, a roller coaster like, it is you like, know and look at, at the end of the day right the way i see it is and i said this a minute ago um i'm very grateful where i'm at because the only way i can explain it is initially there was no hope for surgery i was going to have bell cancer stage four it wasn't curable but it was manageable and that was my life right and then i did six rounds of chemo and unfor- like fortunately for me my body is such a temple right that it completely responded to the to the chemotherapy all my tumors shrunk on to under one centimeter and surgery became an option which now puts me in a pos- position where please god I'll get 15 to 20 years more now than I would have if they hadn't worked. Whereas I see women on a week, on a fortnightly basis who, unfortunately, for me, fortunately for me, my my stage four went from a bowel to my liver. But for other people, it went from their bowel to their liver to their lymph nodes to their lungs. And there's no hope for surgery because it wouldn't achieve anything for them. So I have. I know people go, but you have cancer. I have so much to be fucking grateful for. And I have to hold on to that. 
And there are days when I go, Jesus, you wouldn't want to have cancer around here. No one gives a shit. But because, like, I am as well as I am, I think even my own husband forgets that I'm sick. Yeah. Because that's just, yeah, I've just, I suppose I've just, it, chemotherapy for me was just good, you know, and it helped me to be in the position I'm in now. And I am in a really fortunate position. Yeah, it could all go wrong in any year's time. The, the, the tumours could come back and I could die in two years. I could die in five years. I could walk out in front of a bus tomorrow, accidentally, not on purpose, and be killed. You know what I mean? My focus is if I keep battling on and going to work and pushing myself and doing all those things, um, then I can live a good quality of life going forward. And even the oncologist laughed this morning when she was, we were talking about medication. She wanted to give me an antihistamine for the itching that I'm having. And she wanted to give me one that didn't make, make me tired because they make you drowsy. And she was like, oh, I'd, be, I'd, I'd say you're a woman who just refuses medication, are you? Like, so she got that from me straight away because I don't take drugs at all, <laughs> you know? So I don't know whether that's it. And I dribble a lot as well. And I don't know whether that's a long-winded answer or response to what you're saying, but that's kind of the way I look at my life. I am very, very, yeah, I'm, it's unfortunate and bad luck that I've got stage four bowel cancer, but there's hundreds of other people with the same diagnosis who are in a worse position than I am. Um. So another thing, something I want to kind of move on to is the, oh, is the whole idea of the screening age. So we talk a lot about the screening age for bowel cancer in Ireland. And one of the things that we are going to do is we are going to try and have it changed in Ireland because it's a big thing, obviously, for a lot of people. Bell cancer is well, just to say like that's the second time we've mentioned it well you've mentioned it and i've agreed but then you don't even respond to my fucking messages so how are we actually going to be able to do this well i have the petition all done and ready to go out so that's how we're gonna do it oh dear yeah oh you're some so of us actually some of us actually do work you know oh, um, right, i didn't realize because i was like how are we ever gonna get this done when you don't respond to my messages yeah so basically i have a petition it'll go up on the on our links page and people can sign the petition and then when we have so many signatures yeah we will and i can share that to my facebook and my insta and i don't really use i have twitter but i'm not like i don't i don't understand you'd nearly need to do a lecture on how to use twitter yeah well i can share it on twitter and stuff like that because yeah. i use twitter a lot but yeah so basically what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to get so many signatures and then what we'll do is we will lobby the government yeah. to try and have a change now look nothing might come of it but sure look well, if we don't do anything then yeah no yeah and it's it's a good idea because it is crap like i shouldn't be sitting here 45 worrying about what how many years i've got left mm. i shouldn't even be thinking about that i should be thinking about how old am i going to be when my grandkids are born yeah. hopefully i don't have any grandkids but you know if they do come along <laughs> i've been raising kids since 1999 do you think i want fucking grandkids no you're definitely gonna have grandkids though. oh jesus the thought of it even makes me want to be sick when your children will have kids once my kids have moved out and i'm married and i'm not living with me and i don't have to look at the child every day yeah grand yeah but that's not the reality the reality of it be like oh nanny will mind no, you nanny nanny mind. Will, no nanny's done i'm parenting all my life nearly well not all my life but you know um um, so, so yeah, back, back to the screening, screening age. Yeah. So yeah, so currently the screening age is 65? Yeah, 60. 60. 60. Oh, 60 in Ireland. Sorry, 60 in Ireland. So even getting a lowered by 5, 10 years, like 15 would be great, 20 would be great, but that's 
yeah. to me would seem unrealistic. I don't know if they'd lower it that thing. Yeah. I don't know if they'll lower it at all. Like, we'd, we'd have to do a bit of research into why it is the way it is. Um, mm, and we need to, yeah, go back and look, you know, at the statistics as well in relation to people with bowel cancer. But I am under no illusion that there's a lot of people under the age of 60 with bowel cancer be it stage one, be it stage four, it doesn't feckin' matter already. It shouldn't be any stage at that age. Mm. If they're saying, oh, well, the riskiest age is 60, we'll screen at 60, and then all of these people are getting it under, you know, under that age, then something needs to be done, and I'm on board for that. Um, and I spoke about something last week about, basically, I was going to go see a doctor. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I've seen the doctor, and he has referred me for colonoscopy. When I'll get the colonoscopy, I don't know. It's just with COVID and stuff, it's yeah. slowed down all the hospitals and stuff like that. But because of your, di- yeah, your diagnosis and stuff, he referred me because he said that that will rule out anything. Yeah, and that's not just to look for bowel cancer. Obviously, they use it to look for Crohn's disease. They use it to look for all sorts. Oh, my God, sorts. there's so many different kind of bowel issues that we're just not aware of. Like, I never heard of fissures. Mm. And I didn't really know anything about colitis, and I still don't. So there's so many bowel issues that... Yeah, they're not cancer, and yeah, they're probably not going to kill you, but they're so fucking painful for people. Like, yeah. and they, they do um, they do get in the way of life, you know? So I would never minimise someone else's condition over me own, like, oh, well, I have cancer, you know, Crohn's isn't that bad. That's not the reality. Mm-hmm. Everyone feels their own pain and has their own issues with illnesses. So, yeah, the bowel is a, a weird and wonderful place, like, you know? And yes. Yeah. Just because you don't have cancer, you know, there's other stuff as well, you know. And it goes back to, like, what you've always said is kind of know your body, know the signs. And not even just know the signs of, like, bowel cancer, but just if you don't feel right in yourself. Because a lot of what, uh, with me, was I, my bowel movements have changed. Because I, I used to be very regular, and now I'm very irregular. And I know that that doesn't feel right because I constantly feel full. Like, I constantly feel like, you know that feeling you need to go... And then to the toilet. The, and when you go, you don't need to go. Yeah, you That was one of the full. biggest things for me when I was feeling really unwell with my bowel, but still working and not knowing I had cancer. Was that, it's the, it's the feeling of constantly feeling like you haven't emptied your bowel when you clearly have. It's yeah. that pressure. It reminded me of a labour pressure. It was horrible. I hated the feeling. But can I just say, while we're on that subject, and not to over-talk you, you saw on Saturday, on Saturday after we'd had lunch so i had ham and cheese sandwiches and those lovely crisps you gave me and i think that's all i yeah but sure i had chronic diarrhea then straight after that mm-hmm. until sunday evening so i spent like 36 hours with chronic diarrhea straight after i'd eaten on saturday morning and they're the things that bowel cancer do to you mm-hmm. that could have happened to you as well on that day i'm not like trying to minimize anyone else what you're saying or whatever but i'm saying there's another effect of I didn't plan the mountain climb around my bowel and you nearly have to. Yeah. Because it got to the stage where I was there was three men and myself, which there was you, Jay and Carl, and I'm going, guys, I can't hold this any longer. I'm more in the middle of a mountain. You know, so there's all of that degrading stuff that goes on as well, you know. So do I wish I hadn't got bowel cancer one hundred percent, you know? But on the brighter side you're closer to nature now. Considering you've killed half a plant. <laughs> <laughs> I just talk plant, please. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, like a big thing is know your body, kind of know if something doesn't feel right. And this is not just to do with bowel cancer. This is to do with your whole body. If something does not feel right or feels out of the ordinary, have it checked. Like absolutely. Um, like because there's been times where I've had things that didn't feel quite right, and I've put them off and put them off. Now, nothing's bad has come of them, thankfully. But you shouldn't put things like we put like a big thing for me is I would put going off. I would put going to the doctor off yeah. just because I've got work or I've got college and I'm like they should take a back seat to my health but they don't and that's the problem and that no that oncologist told me this morning that she felt that that lump of my tummy is benign I don't care what she says until a scan shows me different mm. so in the like deep deep in the she's reassured me to an extent but deep I've got cancer in the back of my head I'm thinking is it a growth is it something you know and that's not going to go away until I have my CT scan you know but she's not worried about it which is a positive but I'll still worry a little bit because obviously it's my body and it's there you know and I can feel it standing up or lying down so yeah and I think that's the thing about we always one we should know the signs and kind of take care of our body but we should also like if we're feeling a certain way we should follow through with that like you you're saying yeah she's reassured you but also you're very clear that you will not feel okay until you have your scans and <laughs> can i just say like i'm so bad like a lot of the women this morning were going i wouldn't even know what cancer markers are and i'm like really guys so i went in and i was like when we were we dealt with the the antihistamines and then we, she was writing the prescription and i was and she was looking for when my ct was booked and i said how are my cancer markers looking and she was like, oh, it doesn't seem to be that there's any done here. Your bloods are all brilliant, but I can't see. And I showed on the screen pens. And now I know when I go back from my chemo now, I'm going to say to the nurse, oh, are those cancer markers back? Because I'm like a dog with a bone. Yeah. Because it's my body. I have a right to know what my cancer markers look like. Anything that's on that screen is my information. Mm. It's not breaking GDPR if I want to know what's going on for me. And this is the thing about us as Irish people. We don't feckin' ask enough questions. Mm. So there's a, I remember a woman in the hospital saying to me, if my oncologist tells me to stand on my head, I'll stand on my head if that's going to cure me. I don't ask any questions. Well, no matter what he tells me to do, I'll do. I'm like, yeah, in your tiny minds, why? Yeah, why would you not ask the questions? But people don't, you would not believe the amount of people who don't want to know. So, like, you're sitting for two or three hours waiting to see your oncologist. Your appointment with your oncologist is probably less than five minutes. But the, I think the thing about it is... For some people it's less because they ask no questions. Yeah, but I also think it's got to do with the fact that a lot of people don't ask questions because they don't want to know. Yeah. It's the not knowing is better than the knowing. Oh, it's is like, it though? Like, I've had, people, I've had people say to me, if I had cancer, I wouldn't want to know. I'd rather just not know. And I'm like, to me, I would rather know because then I can do something about it. Because if it gets too late, then you can't, you know? Like, the pain I was in nine months or ten months ago, like, it's nearly a year now. Last year when I had my colonoscopy started feeling the pains around April. So we're a year on, right? If I'd never went to Michael to say, this is where I'm at, who's my GP, obviously. If I'd never went near him and just prolonged, there's an 80% chance I'd probably be dead now, to be mm. honest, you know? Yeah. Or at the end of life, because I'd be well past stage four. Yeah. Because when, when it became symptomatic, it became really symptomatic. But it's just unfortunate that it stayed asymptomatic for so long. Mm. So rather than getting a letter at 60 saying, oh, can you please shit in this cup? Why can't people get that letter at 45, yeah. at 40? 
and start the process. And yeah, when you're 60 to 69, you have to do that poo test every two years, right? Which is what we're gonna call it, because that's what it is. When you're 40 or 35 or whatever age and they send you out the pot and it comes back and it's all good, well then yeah, don't call them back for five or seven years. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. have to be every two years. It can be five to seven or five to 10 years because actually this person's poo is great. Probably the healthiest poo we've seen. We're not worried. There's no blood in it. Da, 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 da. Um, does that sound like, you know, if it's every two years from the age of 60, well, let's bring it to 40. But let's not call people back after two years if it's if it's clear. Yeah. Let's call them back in five years or ten years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it would make sense. At least they've been assessed at a younger age. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, definitely it does. That makes a lot of sense. And look, we're not under the illusion you said earlier on in the podcast. We're not under the illusion that yes, there is strain on the hospitals. The resources aren't there. There is only a certain amount of money that goes into the budget. We completely understand that. But, but there, there should be... be fundraising. Like I was thinking about this area. I'm sorry for cutting across you. I know I do talk about bullshit. But I was thinking about this area in the hospital, right? The nurses are phenomenal. I'm never going to say I'm bad about them. They work their fucking asses off, especially oncology nurses. By God, they have a hard job, right? So do the oncologists, but not as much as the nurses. They're the, they're the, they're the, the people to be like. And like we have this oncology day ward, right? There's one room with like, I don't know how many chairs. Let's say, for example, there's 15, 20 chairs. It's not enough. Let's raise some money and get a bigger oncology ward and have more chairs because clearly more people are being diagnosed with different cancers every single day. So it's not about like, everyone's trying their hardest with a small amount of resources. Let's widen that. Let's get a bigger end. There's enough money been raised for cancer support. There always has been. Everybody, like, does lots of charity work for the Cancer Society. Let's maybe try funnel a bit of money into getting a bigger oncology day or so more people can have chemo at the one time. And, like, I get what you're saying, but I would play devil's... I hear devil's my passion about in that. Like, I get really, like, oh. And that's great, but I would play devil's advocate and say to you, you get the funding for the ward, and the ward's built... Where's the money coming for to pay for the extra staff and the extra yeah. chemo and the extra chairs? And like, well, they, they, it's that's not extra the problem. chemo because people are there waiting for the chemo anyway. So we're all getting it. But we're then, just getting it at a very slower rate in the day. But also you then need extra nurses because if you're going to have more people, yeah, there obviously is a rotation. And there's always extra nurses. There's always... Like if people are... If you're going to build a bigger ward, you're going to have more staff in anyway. So but where's like, the money you're coming from for this? Hospitals in the way where there's a will, there's a way, and I'm telling you now, those nurses that are walking around the hospital probably twiddling their toes that could give an hour or two, could be allocated an hour or two to the oncology wards. But, but are they trained in that? That's, that's the problem, and then more money for yeah, the training. Well, and like this is the frustrating thing because yeah, but the only other thing that I can see coming out of getting a bigger oncology day ward is the only difference is needing more nurses because all of these people there that are getting chemo are already getting it anyway, we're just getting it really slowly. Because the system is shite, like. And you know what? The staff in the hospital acknowledge it. They 100% acknowledge, this doesn't work. Like Fridays are an absolute, I can't answer for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday because I'm not physically in the hospital. But I know on Friday it's a shit show for everybody. It's not just me. But like imagine I saw my oncologist at 20 past 11. My chemo was ready at half two, but they don't have a chair for me until five o'clock. 
Mm. Like, it's just bonkers. And I don't want to sit in the hospital from 20 past 11 to 5 o'clock, so I'm going to come home. And then I come home and then I don't want to go back, like, you know? So there is a way that this could be done. It's just the extra nurses, which I'm sure the health service wouldn't mind implying a handful of nurses, like. Mm. Maybe I live in the dream world, yeah. But I think that would solve a huge part of the issue within the, within the system. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and like, look, no, no health system is perfect, and yeah, it does. And it, it's hard, it's easy for us to say to sit here and say, oh yeah, they could do this better and they could do this better. We don't work in the health system. We don't have a clue. Like I, I work in a restaurant for a living. Like I don't understand what they're going through. I don't like I could just not imagine what a nurse has to go through on a daily basis, or a doctor, or. Anyone that works in like healthcare. I get my bills on the Tuesday to try and get me through the system quicker on a Friday, and it makes no difference because I'm still not getting me chemo till five o'clock. They could have looked at my bloods at eight a.m. and went, "Linda's bloods are amazing. She's having chemo. Book it in now. It'll be booked by eleven, and I'll be off. Happy gone by twelve. Attached to me chemo. Doesn't happen. We don't live in an ideal world. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But I see the other people. They come in on a Friday. They're travelling from all over the country. It's not just Dublin. These people are coming from. Mad places like that take a couple of hours to get here. They get here at eight, they have to be weighed, they have to have their blood pressure done, they have to have their bloods done, then they have to wait for the bloods to come back. So the oncologist can call them until their bloods are back. Then they see the oncologist and then they wait hours. And then some poor people, I don't mean poor as in literal poor people, some people don't have cars so they have to get a train home. And then if they miss their train, they're stuck in Dublin overnight. There's all of that madness. And there has to be some brainy person who can sit around the table and go, we could do one, two, three, four. These are our objectives. This is our goal. Off his goal. Let's try to do this. But it's not. It's getting worse and worse, the system. Mm. Sorry, no, I'm a bit passionate about that because I'm stuck in the midst of it and it's awful. Yeah, because you're affected by the system. hundred percent. Like, and I get, every week I get angry for the same reason. Like, I'm just wasting energy that I don't have to take somewhere to part of on the and, same thing and what we'll do is we're going to put this passion and energy into this petition and lobbying the government to try and have the bell cancer screening age lowered because it's so important and it's such a big thing for people because it affects someone every single day and don't be fooled by how well someone looks because I'm nine stone three now, right? I gave up smoking, obviously, and I put a bit of weight on. And everybody, and I'm not even lying, said to me, you look amazing, Linda. You look great. You don't look like someone with cancer. There's lots of people walking around. I can guarantee you. I can't 100% guarantee it. But I would imagine that there are people walking around who look deadly, who look amazing, but they've got cancer growing inside them and they don't know. Do you know what I mean? Because I can't get over. I think people think I'm making up that I have cancer and I don't because I look so good. Like, yeah. you know, and I don't mean like I look, look like a supermodel. I look healthy, mm. you know. And this is the tricky thing with cancer. Until it starts actually becoming symptomatic, we can live a life. Like, everyone's saying to me, oh, how can you go back to work and, you know, do that? Like, number one, I had to go back financially. Ed, I was probably working full time at a really, really crisis level for two years and had cancer and didn't know. Yeah. So what's the difference with me doing it now? Do you know what I mean? The only difference is you know now no, and know that it's been treated. Yeah. And now that I know, I know I'm not able for a full, week, full week's work. Like whereas before I would work full week, work overtime and have a family, do this, do that, and have cancer growing and growing and growing. 
And to be stage four, I believe, I believe, I don't know if it's true, that that had to be grown for about two years. Mm. So, do you know what I mean? Like, don't be fooled. Um, and let's get this fucking... You don't have to look unwell to have cancer. Yeah, you can. So don't be fooled by the old wives' tale that anyone who had cancer is bent over the toilet pot and be vomiting. Because tip water, I don't want to jinx myself. I haven't vomited once in the whole time I've had cancer. Not once. So don't be fooled by what you hear. Yeah. I know I'm going on a bit. I just get really passionate about this stuff because I'm in the midst of it. And we're going to do this petition and we're going to get signatures and we're going to go and try to have this changed. Um, so... Please, please, please sign the petition. Yeah. It's so important. It's it really is. A lot of people's heads tormented with it. It will affect everyone. Like this petition, if we can get the screening age lowered, look, it's a long way away, and it's it's hopeful, but it's something that we could you could change. We could change people's lives by having it. We could if we help people. And and, and, and I suppose Ed, I wasn't lucky enough to be one of the people. I wasn't lucky enough to never be the one in two people who have cancer, right? But I certainly wasn't lucky enough to be the person who was diagnosed at stage one. So let's do that for those people who, if they aren't lucky enough to be the person who doesn't get it, that they're lucky enough for it to be contracted, is that the word? Mm. At an early stage where they find it at an early stage and it can be... Because when you're stage one, it's really treatable. Yeah. You know, and you can go on and live your life without ever coming back. Um, and you know, I unfortunately wasn't one of them people, but let's hope that we can try change something so other people can be that, you know, lucky. Yeah, and so we'll have the petition uh, on our links page with everything else uh, to our social medias and stuff like that, and we'll share it on our social media. So please do go and sign it. And um, again, you can email us just a tumor of us at gmail.com or there's a form on the links page we'll post it all on our socials um, and thanks for listening this week yeah. guys we're tired have a nice long three day weekend enjoy. yeah we'll enjoy the bank holiday yeah. but uh, yeah thanks guys bye